So today I'm doing uh, part two of 10 Things to Remember, which I started a couple of weeks ago. And I said, coming into uh, the new year, some churches, they get a word for the year. That's like their theme, no problem with that. But I uh, re- really have felt so strong. It's just, I guess, how I think, how I work, how, uh, how I roll, if you uh, like. For, for me, I, I want to start the year not with a word, but with the word. Can I hear an amen? We need the word in our life. It's life. Uh, to us, and really, that's what I want to do. I want to start with the word, some scriptures that I, that I hope, if we hold to and uh, apply in our lives, it will hold us in good stead for all the challenges of 2023. And I know for some of you, there have been some big challenges already that you have had to face. Because I think, and and I truly do believe this. I I I, I think. For us, it's better to hear God's promises and principles rather than my predictions about how the year is going to go. Because I don't know if this is going to be your best year ever. I have no clue. I just don't know. I don't know what will even happen happen tomorrow. In fact, Ecclesiastes 8 verse 7 says this, Since no one knows the future, who can tell someone else what is to come? And I just can't do that. I can't do that. But what I do know is that our life ultimately is found in Christ. Our life ultimately, all of this that we are walking through is found in Christ, in God. Who having disarmed the powers and authorities, it tells us in Colossians 2 verse 15. Who having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross through the cross. And so because of that, we can stand here today. We have the victory. We're not searching for it. We come from a position of it's already been won. Can somebody say amen? Thank you, Jesus. And so because of that, I can say this. I do know that if you are a disciple of Christ, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're, you're, you're battling with, and, 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 and just life in general, here's what I do know is that I am convinced, as Paul the Apostle was, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, come on, somebody get excited in here, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us, separate you. If you know Jesus here today, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. As we've said, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future and we know who holds you. So what are we saying? We're saying in our ever-changing world, we can put our trust in an unchanging God. We can trust his nature, his attributes, his character. We can trust him. They are well kept whom God keeps. And so as we jump into this today, we need to know that in our heart and in our spirit. So here's a quick review of our first five things that we've talked about, and then we will jump into the remaining as we carry on with 10 things to remember. We said, number one, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. No matter what you face, no matter what comes 
to you this year, you've got to understand his grace is sufficient. As Thomas Akimba said, they travel lightly whom God's grace carries. Let God's grace carry you. Number two, do not worry. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. In other words, don't panic, pray. Don't panic, pray. Remember, anxiety never strengthens you for today. It only weakens you. Sorry, sorry. anxiety never strengthens you for tomorrow. It only weakens you for today. Number three, fear not. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and the um, uh, NIV, it says a sound mind. Listen, here's what you've got to understand. We've not been given that spirit. If you're going to fear anything, I want to say fear God. Fear God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He who fears God, Spurgeon said, has nothing else to fear. Number four, be strong and courageous. What was I saying there? Don't stay comfortably camped and comfortably camped wherever you are. Seek new territory. Go after, go after new territory. Get courage. What is courage? Courage is just fear that has said its prayers. Listen, our security, your security is not found in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. If you're going to go to new levels, there's always going to be attacks. You go to new levels, there's always going to be new devils that come against you. But just remember, no matter how big the problem is, God is bigger. And number five, build on the rock. Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 20, for everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, not just hear, but does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus is just saying here that those who desire to build, and I pray you do, to build a strong and resilient life, they hear his words and do them. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Decide, as for me and my house, my family, my life, we will serve the Lord. Number six, here we go. Six, number six. Get Vision, get vision, get vision, get vision. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Get vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I've got to be honest here and just say for Many times this scripture in the church world and I guess in other places has been one that has been corporatized. When I say corporatized, I mean it's been used many times or, and, and, and even limited to encouraging people or churches or businesses on the importance of having or setting vision lest we lose our way. And can I say that's absolutely okay to use it. I mean, it, 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 you can use it in that Way, but I don't think that's what the writer originally intended. But it's okay to do that. We, we should have vision for our business. We should have vision. I hope you have vision for this year. I hope you have vision for what you... It's, it's important, right? Because you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Isn't that true? So it's important that we have... 
important that we have vision. How do you know you've arrived somewhere if you don't know where it is that you're going? And so vision is important in that regard. Someone had a vision for open heaven. They said it made a plan. They set goals and then, 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 then outworked that and it happened and it was able to take, uh, take place. We have a vision for connect groups that we're trying to outwork. Now we've got a plan and we're trying to uh, implement that. If, if no one has a vision, then it won't happen. You've got to see it. And so I understand that's important and you can use that scripture for that purpose, but it's not what the writer was originally talking about. So vision is important and key and helpful in that regard of planning your your year and so on and so so forth. But vision in this passage is talking about something different. It's not talking about your preferred future or getting a business plan or implementing it. It's, It's not what the writer had in mind when he said, where there is no vision, the people perish. The Hebrew word for vision here really describes a dream a revelation, a, 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 a sight, and a, a perspective, an oracle, or, or something, a word from God. That's what the word is meaning when it speaks about vision. And we can see that in other versions of the same passage. The NIV puts it this way. It says, where there is no revelation, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction the lsb says this says where there is no vision where there's no revelation where there's no vision the people listen are out of control but how blessed is he who keeps the law the gwt version says this proverbs 29 verse 18 without prophetic vision without without prophetic vision without prophetic revelation without without prophetic vision the people listen run wild but blessed are those who follow god's teachings you want to be blessed follow his teachings if we bring these scriptures Together, we can see it seems to be saying, or at least to me, it does that, that where there is no vision, where there is no revelation of God or no understanding of God, where there is no prophetic insight into his ways and his purpose, where there is, where there is no understanding of who God is and how amazing and powerful and incredible He is where there is no revelation of that, where there is no understanding of that, when people lose sight of that. It says they cast off restraint. They cast it off. They cast off moral restraint. They cast off ethical restraint. Basically, they embrace anything and everything. In other words, everyone does what is right in their own own eyes. And ultimately, they perish. Can I suggest to you, beloved, that we live in such a day. We live in such a day where anything goes in this increasingly wild and woke world. 
People are living without restraint. At times it even appears to be, I don't know how it is for you, but it appears to be out of control. And certainly with all that we could see, and I could stop here and go down many rabbit holes, I'm trying not to, but it certainly appears that society is running wild. Anything goes. All is okay. Stop it, Adam. Stick to the notes. We're living in such a day. So understand Proverbs 29 verse 18 is not talking about us getting a vision for our business or for the year, although that's good. No, the vision described here is much larger than that. It's about getting a revelation of God. We need to get a revelation, a fresh revelation of God, his way, seeing him, seeing him in all the chaos and all the craziness of this world, being able to understand and see him and get vision, get revelation, prophetic insight that he is in the midst. Of the chaos and craziness of our world. The God is over it all. And although we can get stressed and concerned and stuff, God is not sitting in heaven biting his fingernails going, oh my goodness, I don't know what's going to happen. Now vision in this passage and what I'm speaking to you today, vision in this passage is speaking about an eternal heavenly perspective. And may I say, in the church, and I'm not just talking about this church, I'm talking about the church. In the church, we desperately, desperately need to regain an eternal perspective. We desperately need to regain an eternal perspective for our lives. You know, when I was a new Christian, I was passionate, and not that I'm not passionate now, but I was like on fire and jet new Christian, and, and, and people would say to me, and maybe you've heard this, you know, you'd, you'd be going hard out and people would say, listen, Mike, you've got to watch yourself. You know, you've got to make sure that you're not so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. You've got to watch it, Mike. Can I just say, church, the church has become so earthly minded We need to get a perspective of eternity, of heaven, which has been lost because we're so focused on being earthly good that we've lost the sense. We've lost the vision. We've lost our, our gaze has been turned away from that which is eternity onto things that are temporal, things that don't really matter at all in the light of things. This life is not it. Yeah. I saw Francis Chan, Chan or do a, it's not Chan, Chan. And he did this, this, just picture, he said, this is eternity. Eternity is a really long time. He said, this is 
eternity. And, and this, this is your life. This is my life. It's, we are here today and we are gone tomorrow. The Bible speaks of us like a blade of grass. We're just, we're missed. You know, all your worries, all your stress, all the stuff you're thinking about right now, all the stuff that you've like, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to, all of it's just here, this here. God was before, God will be after, and this is your life. As they say on your gravestone, you'll have the year you were born, the year you will die, and in between is the dash. Your life's the dash. It's just a dash. Everything fits in the, in the light of a tree. You're just a dash. And if your life is so focused on things here, and we don't have an eternal perspective, it will change how you live. This is it. This is our life. If I could make this not even smaller, it would be smaller. This is the reef knot. I learned this in the fire brigade. It's probably one of the only knots I can do. That's not true. It's not in my notes. It's just coming. It's flying Holy Ghost. But this is eternity. This is your life. Eternity before and then, you know, that, that, that's your life. But eternity just keeps going on and on. It's a really long time. But see, what you do in the dash matters for here. We need to get an eternal perspective. We need to get a revelation. We need to get a prophetic insight. We need to get our eyes off the things of this world. Philosopher Thomas Carlyle said this, he who has no vision of eternity will never get a true hold, a true understanding of time. Friend, if you don't have a vision or an understanding of eternity, you will never understand God's purpose, God's plan, God's overarching purpose for life, for your life. It must be seen in the light of eternity. Get vision. Get vision. Because, beloved, when we lose sight of eternity and our focus is on the here and now rather than the here after, life can quickly, as it has done for so many, can quickly lose its meaning. And so, wonder we have so many people in our world today who are hopeless rather than hopeful. See, our vision, our gaze, our ultimate focus should be what? It should be heavenward. We sang about, I didn't know what songs they were going to do today, but we, we, we sang about a heavenward vision. We need to capture that again. As believers, as followers of Christ, we need to understand that this life is not all that there is. Friend, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, let me tell you, this life is not all there is. Well, what if you're wrong, pastor? What if I'm right? If I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. But if I'm right, everything you do 
in this life matters. Our vision, our gaze, our ultimate focus is to be heavenward. And on life eternal. That's not being wishy-washy, it's perspective, it's vision. It's understanding of the ultimate purpose of God. Colossians 3 verses 1 through 4 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. It says, set your hearts. Out of your heart flows the issues of life. Set your hearts on things above. Set your hearts. In the King James Version, which is the Bible Jesus used. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. It's just humor. If you have been here for 23 years, you've heard me say that before. <laughs> but it says, set your heart on things above. But in the King James Version, it says, set your affections. Set your affections. What are your affections set on, my brother, my sister? What are the affections of your heart? What are the longings of your heart? Where are your desires Placed. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart, your affections, Paul is telling us, on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And then it just doesn't say your, your, your hearts, it goes on to talk about your minds. Don't start yet, Mrs. Fleming. I'm just warming up. Set your minds on things above. So set your hearts, your affections, and your mind. Your heart and your mind. What you think about, your thoughts. What you care. I don't know what you think about, but Paul is encouraging us to set our mind. The things we think about. Set our minds on things above. Not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. And God, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Beloved, today, on what have you set your affection? On what have you set your heart? The fundamental, someone said, the fundamental distinction between the godly and the ungodly man consists in the object to which one's affections are directed. Where are your affections directed? 18th century preacher J.J. Gurney said this, the tree, I love this, the tree will not only lie where it falls, but it will fall as it leans. And then he asked the question, what is the inclination of my soul? In other words, where do I lean? Where does your heart lean? Where do your affections lean? For where it leans, it will fall. On things above, or on things below. Theologian William Furness said this, grace comes not to take away a man's affections, but to take them up. The nearer to heaven and hopes, the further from earth and desires. Set your affection, church. Christ follower, disciple, follower of Jesus. Set your affection, your desire on things above. We sang it today. Hebrews tells us where to fix our eyes, our gaze, our vision. Our vision should be one of Jesus. 
Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer. Another version says the author and finisher of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. To fix our eyes on Jesus, that's not just a, a nice little saying. It's to be, to be where our gaze and where our vision for our life is. Not on here below, but on heaven above. And all that to say for the believer, our affections, our hearts, our minds, our eyes should be overall. I, I know life can get busy, but overall, that's where our affections and heart and mind should be. On things above, not on things below. On things eternal. And I'm saying today, for your year, God, give us a fresh vision. Give us a fresh vision, a fresh revelation, a fresh prophetic insight of who you are. Not who I am, but who you are. Not what you're going to do for me. No, no, no. What, we, we need to be going, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? You gave it all. What can I give? Nothing really except our life. God, give us a fresh vision, a fresh revelation of, e uh, of eternity, things above and life beyond. You know, someone said this, atheism is the death of hope and the suicide of the soul. And our young people are growing up in a world that is teaching them that there is nothing more and that they are nothing more than a product of evolution. No purpose, no meaning. This life is all that there is. That's it. And I'm going to say today, is it any wonder that many young people have lost hope? Is it any wonder that we're facing the biggest mental health crisis, certainly in my lifetime, a crisis of unimaginable proportions? Sorry, I was trying to make it happy, but I'm just, we've got to face reality. Anyway, I'm not here to make us happy. I'm not a clown. Amen. I'm a preacher. Come on. Where there's no vision, there's no hope. Your hope carries. You have this hope inside of you. Share it. For where there is no vision, there is no hope. PhD John Hawthorne, who specializes in metaphysics. I didn't even know what that was. I guess many of us won't know what it is either. So I looked it up. Here's what metaphysics is. He's got a PhD in this stuff. So he's brainy. Metaphysics is the branch of philosophy that studies the fundamental nature of reality. The first principles of being, identity, and change. Space and time. Cause and possibility. It's real fancy stuff. But he said this. He said, science can give us the know-how, but it cannot give us the know-why. Science can give us the know-how, but it cannot give us the know-why. We need, again, with a fresh passion, to remind people this Jesus that we have is not to keep to ourselves. But we need to remind people, especially our young people, that their life has purpose. Yeah. 
that they are made in the image of God, in the image of God, he made them. That their life has worth and meaning and purpose and that they are not a cosmic accident, but they were created with divine purpose. As Psalm 139 says, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Because listen, if we don't, here's the thing, no God, no purpose. But if you know God, you will know purpose. No God, no purpose, but if you know him, if you get a revelation, prophetic insight, a vision of eternity, if you know God, you will know purpose. No God, no hope. No God, no hope. But if you know God, if you know him, you will know hope. And our young people need to know hope that there is more to life than just this what we see. No God, no hope. Know God and you will know hope. Hope can see, here's what hope does. Hope can see heaven through the thickest of clouds. Thomas Brooks said, God give us a fresh vision today. You can take it away. Give us a fresh vision today. A fresh revelation of eternity. Of things above and life beyond. American theologian Tyron Edwards said this. He said, all the world's ends, arrangements, Changes, disappointments, hopes and fears are without meaning if not seen and estimated by eternity. You know, when people speak of vision, often they'll talk about goals. You got vision, you got goals, get a plan. Here's Paul's goal. Here's Paul's goal. He said, but one thing I do Forgetting what is behind and straining forward toward what is ahead. I press on towards the goal. He had a vision. Here's his goal. And that goal is to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. He had an eternal perspective. Then he said this in verse 15. He said, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. There are many mature believers in this room. Take such a view of these things. He went on to say in verse 19 that most people out there in the world, their mind is set on earthly things. But he said our citizenship, where we belong, is in heaven. That's where our citizenship, that's where your citizenship is. In fact, it actually tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, that God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. That's not future, that's now. That's our position in Christ. <coughs> seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Get vision. 
Get prophetic insight. Get revelation. Let us not become distracted as I close. Let us not become distracted by all in life that comes at us. But let us fix our eyes on Jesus, on things above, where Christ is seated, where God rules and reigns. Perspective is a marvelous thing. When you get a perspective of who God is, everything else looks small. Every problem, every issue. It's not that there's not pain. It's not that there's not difficulty. Perspective takes you up and allows you to see past what you're going through. Get vision. So that's point number six. Point number seven, I'm going to do next week, so don't worry. It's just, uh, I'm going to talk about point number seven will be, uh, hopefully we'll just be able to finish it in three parts, but point number seven, I, I want to talk about happiness. Because people just talk, I, I just want to be happy. And I want you to be happy. That's, <laughs> that's nice. And so we're going to talk about that, and hopefully that will help you. <laughs> I hope. If it doesn't make you happy, I don't know. But that's what I want to do next week. So, so, so come, bring a friend, and we'll all be happy together. God bless you. So once again, thank you so much for honoring us today. And I pray today that you'd lift your eyes. From where does that help come from? That help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He won't let your foot slip. He who watches over you neither slumbers nor sleeps. Get vision. Live your life with eternity in mind. Amen. Amen. Would you stand? Friend, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I would encourage you. Just say today, God, would you come into my life? I'm aware today that my, my life has just been so focused on things right here. Today, I give my life to you. Start to follow him. Submit your life. Let him be king of your life. Get an eternal perspective. God loves you. And you can know him today. He's only a prayer away. He knocks. And if you will open the door, he will come in. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you, beautiful people, peace, shalom. And everybody said, amen. If you